Welcome, you're listening to A Certain Degree. Bob Codges from Flight of Ideas and a regular at SAC Comedy Lab discusses being ready for anything, taking yourself off of autopilot, and several things in between. Give it a listen. This episode is being brought to you by Hope Floats. Climate change. Is it real or is it a hoax? We don't care. Either way, you need an external inflatable panic room so you can be ready for anything Mama Nature throws your way. We simply attach a small, eye-pleasing, 10-foot by 10-foot box anywhere on your house. Maybe the roof. Simply use the app, I mean, why have a cord, and pop it open at the first sign of trouble. Hope floats. Your flate is in our hands. Order yours at toacertaindegree.com. That was... All right, let me get... Okay, good morning. Welcome, you're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. This is WPRK Winter Park, Florida. And I have a very special guest today. But first, before we get to him, that was Huey Piano Smith and the Clowns, Don't You Just Know It. And so, kind of clowning around a little bit today, we're going to have some fun with Bob Codges, uh, my very special guest from all over the place. But you might have seen him at SAC Comedy Lab performing and teaching over there. And then uh, you may also know him from a number of different places that he's spoken. So he was recently at the collective, spoke to the collective about successful nonprofits. He was at Pachakacha number 18, a very good uh, talk that he gave there, both of which are available on the interwebs at the YouTubes. Check them out. I believe. Get right up on that mic, Bob. I'm on it now. Uh, Okay. I don't have the right mic. That's fantastic. Which mic are you on? I want this one. Oh, that's a good one. Perfect. Okay. I don't even have to get up on that one. Oh, wait, no. Did we go back for Go talk. Hello, hello. There we are. Hey, Bob. Hey, how are you? I'm going to cut all that out. Don't worry about it. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do a podcast eventually. So if you miss any of the show, you've you've already missed about 10 seconds. So if you're just tuning in, you've missed 10 seconds of the show. The best we'll have 10 it online. seconds of the show you just missed. <laughs> Punctuality matters, people. Yeah. So we're here until 9 a.m. We've got a lot, lot to talk about. But Bob, I don't really know you. You were, uh, somebody suggested I get in touch with you. So I've been having a lot of fun with the show, inviting strangers on. And so uh, I, I don't want you to be a stranger anymore. So we're going to get to know you a little bit better. I'm going to get to know you a little I bit better. I couldn't be stranger. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> stranger Things is coming back. To, uh, uh, I like that show, actually. Yeah, they just had the trailer for it. So we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, we're going to get to know you better. A little game here. Uh, so it's sort of word association. What you're going to do is say not what comes to your mind when I say something, but you're going to say one of two things. And this week, the game is Kiss or Tell. Ooh. So kiss if you like something, because what's better? You got the band, you've got chocolates, you got butterflies, you got Eskimos, you got French. <laughs> it transcends cultures and time. It's Kissing. universal. Yeah. Telling, tattletale, uh, you have a tell in poker. None of these things are good. William Tell shooting the apple off. Oh, my God. Why, why would you do that exactly. to your poor kid? That's child abuse uh, just by what it is. Yeah, and just, yeah, I mean, I understand as a parent wanting your child to prove his or her love for you. I thought he was just trying to prove his marksmanship. I, I, I think oh, it was no. all ego. Oh, no. It's, it's yeah, I, I need you to trust me, son and or daughter, and I need you to prove that you love me. And that child survived, correct? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Even if they did, they had yeah. years of therapy right, afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. 
whatever the the uh, the the therapy was at the time. It was probably wasn't very. Dad's good. going to get the bow and arrow. Let's yeah, hide. it was probably like leeches. That was therapy back then. <laughs> Uh, okay, so ready? Kiss or tell? Kiss or tell. iPhone's tenth anniversary. Kiss or tell? Tell. Yeah, you're not a fan. Uh, you know something? I, I'm not a fan of random number anniversary things. Yeah. You know, I just I okay, ten years, great. I, I'm I'm in a the marketing field very often, and everyone wants to celebrate the fortieth this, the twenty fifth this, and I just think it's uh it's kind of self congratulatory. Well, yep. So we've been around for X number of years. I think. <laughs> how about the um, the iPhone in terms of what do you miss about life prior to having a smartphone? Oh, I, I almost don't even remember it. Yeah, and that's sad to me because I wanted to be that old guy who could say, "In my day, I didn't have an iPhone. I didn't have a phone that could talk to me." You um, could still if and, you wanted to. Yeah, I know, but you know something. <laughs> then yeah. I I really I love technology. I love it. And I, I love my iPhone. I have an uh, Apple Watch as well. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not an early adopter, but I am an adopter. I, I love being able to tap into what technology has to offer. I really believe if I had access to the Internet early in my career, um, I would probably be a mega billionaire right now. Uh, just because I would have loaded stuff up. I, you have to pay for everything that you get out there now uh, back in the 80s. Yeah, that's true. The yeah. 80s. I yeah. was a professional in the 80s. The 80s. You were a yuppie. Uh, I was kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was in corporate healthcare. I worked with uh, Orlando Health. They're known now, but it was Orlando Regional Medical Center back then, mm -hmm. and it was an amazing, amazing adventure. When you work in healthcare, uh, it kind of ruins you for every other industry because you get addicted to the change and the energy and the, you know. But technology uh, is everything, and there especially technical obsolescence is probably a day in healthcare right now. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you know everything's changing so fast. Yeah. So, what do they do with the old uh, machines? Do you think, like, oh, this MRI is out of date now? They have a graveyard uh, in Ocala. Uh, really? And, yeah. The whole world puts their stuff there. Like uh, the like the aircraft graveyard out in Nevada. Exactly. Oh, but, but I just go the hospital there. equipment. It's it's a, something to that's, see. I, I think another reason Ocala <laughs> and the National Forest there is a little bit spooky. Yeah, it is. Yeah, because you got these weird MRI ghosts over there. All right, how about colonizing Mars? Kiss or tell? Oh, kiss. Yeah, you want to go, or um, you want us to? Be no, there? I want. To, I have some people I'd like to send there. <laughs> uh, I, I actually, I love the concept because I was, uh, I am a Ray Bradbury fan. Yeah. So you know, Martian Chronicles. I have sure, this whole sure. vision of of what it could be like to to live on Mars. Uh, and again, I don't really want to go myself. I don't think I could handle the trip there. Uh, I'm a little claustrophobic. Uh, that would be a problem then. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, and you know, I like uh, air. I like to breathe. And I'm not sure if is have we determined is it breathable on Mars. It is not breathable. Okay, see, in any way, shape, or form. Once again, proving I shouldn't be going there because okay. if I don't even know whether or not it's breathable, I probably don't have the classic information. You like oxygen? Yeah, there's a lot of check marks. Again, oxygen, against. water, no, food, sustenance, and uh, shelter. Okay, so that's a lot. <laughs> that's well, a you like a lot of, life, of right? stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Ray Bradbury, was that your only sci-fi uh, author that you really enjoyed, or did you read um, some other stuff, too? You know something? He was he was really the primary. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't huge into the genre, uh, and I'm not, although I, I'm on the fringe. You know, like, I love Star Wars. I, you know, I was, I think, 15 when Star Wars came out, and, uh, and that 
moved me, but it wasn't because it was sci-fi. It moved me because it was this epic tale. Right, the story. Know, good yeah. versus evil. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And all the allies and stuff. Uh, and but, you had father issues. You, you know, it was serious. <laughs> I didn't even know it. it. Isn't it amazing that they could take a surprise like that and make you wait you know, more than a movie to figure that out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's... But it was yeah. a good surprise. It was... I oh, was, yeah. Although I was a little bummed out that Leia was his sister because I, I thought maybe... You they saw had them together. Yeah, I guess they had chemistry, chemistry there. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't as good as Han and hers, but, you know, it was, sure. it was good. Sure. Um, well, I think brother and sister always has some... Wait, never mind. <laughs> uh, so thinking back, uh, this will be an interesting one for you. Then J.C. Penney just announced that they're going to add as a desperate ploy to get people to come back shopping there. Uh, toy shops. So do you remember like, uh, so first of all, kiss or tell on that. And do you remember like Sears having the toy store and the catalog um, and the whole nine yards? I'm giving you kiss on this one. Yeah. Uh, yes. Guess what? Who doesn't love a toy store? I, I used to have a toy shelf uh, in my office. At, I still have a big Rubbermaid bucket in my garage full of toys. Yeah. Uh, I think when we play, we learn to be something different and, and th to put a spot where you can go play uh you know like fao schwartz you know they let you touch the stuff and that's the way it should be i think i, I don't think it's going to save jc penny uh right because i think their model is a little messed up yeah, yeah, uh, yeah but i do think it's interesting and i will go i will go and i will play and uh, that's weird for a lot of the parents out there to have you know a 54 year old guy show up and sit on the floor and play with stuff next to your kids but hey it's not about your kids folks it's about the toys yeah uh, so yes kids always need to as we saw in many many movies the toys need to get play with or they'll turn against us. Yeah, I think that's the truth. Yeah. You know, something let's not be stupid. I have a lock on my toy box. Yeah. Oh, as well, not, you should. They're not going to be ravaging yeah. me at night. We'll talk about haunted things later, too. But oh, for now, uh, kiss or tell Instagram. So I notice you're on Twitter, and I feel like you, like me, are a little bit kind of, uh, you're there because you have to be. On Instagram? Or, or you're not or on Twitter. Instagram, yeah, no, but I, how do you feel about Instagram, I, but then social media I, in general? Okay, you know something? Instagram seems to be uh, the next wave uh, where where more people are showing up there, and it's the place to be, and and I'm not there. Well, guess what? I can't be everywhere, and I really have to pick and choose. Mm -hmm. I, am, I am a fan of social media. You probably know that if you looked at me at all, because I live out loud, and I have so many people that I love. And I want to be able to stay in touch with them. And it's impossible to divide my day up in a way that allows me as much time with these folks uh, as me being able to go out and communicate with them, you know, online. So I love it, but I also believe that it's a supplement to a healthy relationship. If right. it's the origin, the source, and the be-all of a relationship. If it's the only uh, part, right. yeah. And I'm not judging people's relationships. Look, you have relationships the way you want to have relationships. I just happen to have had many personal face-to-face -face human relationships and by comparison I find those to be better for our souls to be able to connect with other people you know and, and that social media helps people lift each other up they smash each other down it's a sure. it's the full range of humanity I, I think okay get this I actually think the internet is the modern version of the Tower of Babel okay if yep. in, in the old biblical story there was one continent right and then on this one continent all people spoke the same language and they decided to build this tower to be greater than god and god smashes the tower down and s separates that one continent into the into the several continents and gives us different languages that's mm -hmm. how the story goes right well here we are right now where we're all 
able to unite and communicate. We've got Google Translate. You can translate anything anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so, and I look at that and I go, well, here we are again. We've built this tower. Only it's called the Internet. And by the way, I'm not really a biblical guy, but I think the parallel is kind of interesting yeah. to see how we've overcome the barriers of language and distance through this tool, and uh, which can make us the greatest thing ever or the worst thing ever. And I'm still trying to decide which was actually happening. Eh, probably a combination, yeah. yeah, there. Well, let me ask you this about Instagram, because I had a, a guest on, you know, with Instagram, it's all photos. Uh, and it's really not about necessarily, you have to have a good photo on there because you want to get likes, and you want to get likes because you want to get up on the feeds, because there's an algorithm that determines where your stuff is going to get shown and how many friends you're going to have and how many likes. So you see a lot of people living a wonderful life, but not necessarily an honest is life. It, yeah, is it real? That's, yeah, you yeah. Know, what you see is not what you get. You know, it's not it's not WYSIWYG out there. Right. Uh, it's it's what we want you to see. But that acronym is too long. You know? <laughs> well, WYSIWYG. I mean, let's face it. We all put our best selves forward for other people. The internet sure. just allows that mask to be a little thicker, uh, uh, maybe even impenetrable to those that never actually meet you. One of my greatest concerns in my use of social media is. Uh, to lose my genuineness. <laughs> I don't know if that's a real word. But, you know, I, I, I'm, it's hard to um, interact with so many people and have them really send you so much love. I, I can't believe what people do on Facebook with me in terms of sharing their love. Yeah. And, you know, whenever, if I'm happy, they're happy for me. If I'm not happy, they're trying to console me. Right. Uh, but there are other people out there as well that aren't quite as generous. Uh I think it's interesting that, you know, you're trying to share your, you, you don't want to lose how genuine you are online when a lot of people, myself included, I'm thinking about my LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be genuine on there. <laughs> I want to be my best self. And, and you know, you say that and I, I say your genuine <laughs> self is exactly enough and just right for organizations. Organizations should be working to unleash our genuine selves, not make us conform, you know, fit into those stupid boxes in the org chart because that's not who we are. You know, and so I really feel very strongly about the concept of uh, unleashing what you got, and and at risk of having some people say, "No, that's not my cup of tea." Yeah, uh, that's a good point because if you're not a good fit, then you're always going to be the square peg exactly. trying to fit in. You'll yeah. always be uncomfortable. That's why if you're not genuine going into a relationship, that always cracks me up. I'm going to pretend to be this person to get another person to like me, and then. In the long term, how is that going to work out? You're going to have to pretend the whole time, yeah. or you're going to have to become that person you pretended to be. Right. Or which know. sounds a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> again, a little evolution, right? A little right. acting skills. I'm just going to like it's an improv class. It's a consistent improv class every time I go to work. Okay. Now you describe it like that, and it does make it attractive. To yes, me. exactly. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about improv classes, and that is that is not improv. Uh, classes at all. So this is something that Amazon, so Amazon recently brought, bought Whole Foods, right? Yeah, yeah. And it sounds like they're getting into the meal delivery service, so the blue aprons, the world, and stuff like that. But they recently requested a trademark. I didn't look up what it means. I have my own interpretation. So I want to hear what you oh, think good. about right. this. Single cow burgers. I, <laughs> I bet I know what that means. I think I do too, but... I, I think it means that uh, that in other cases, your burger may come from many cows. Yeah, like everything it's, gets thrown into I think a it's grinder. Single malt liquor, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, of of the meat world. Sure, that's and it's to Perfect. me, it's like okay, that's. I say this; it seems silly, but I say this knowing that if I'm drinking milk and I run 
into the end of a carton and I haven't filled my glass, I won't pour from another carton, even though that milk probably comes from 5,000 different cows anyways. Oh, you won't but mix? I won't mix milks. Ah. You know, that's just, it's my quirk. So so maybe now I'll go to the uh, single don't mix cow, my meat. Yeah. Yeah. I think eventually you'll get to the point where you just own a dairy farm. So you know exactly where everything's oh, coming from. I couldn't do that because I, I fall in love with animals. Yeah, I can, oh, I, no, no, full-on dairy. No, 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 we won't do the whole... Oh, no, but still, okay, so I'm going to hold an animal prisoner and yeah. then take the milk that it has. Well, That's, when you put it that way, it sounds pretty awful. I know, well, this is what, awesome. you know, well it is, you know, it is a, a life of slavery for those cows. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't think any cow's going, you know what I'd like to do today? I'd like to hook up to one of those machines that sucks really hard. <laughs> We're getting pretty deep here. I know. Let's um, move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the question was, because uh, I didn't... Oh, single cow, single cow burgers. I say, cow. I say, I uh, tell. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Driverless cars. Kiss or mm, Kiss to the concept, tell to the reality. Because I love the idea of a driverless car. Sure. You know, Minority Report. I, I you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we're you getting. Like tech, you like technology. You're not an early adopter, but you're into technology. But, but I, it better be perfected before we put these things on the road. Oh, sure. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. concerned about, you know, talking about Amazon delivering meals. I'm concerned about having things flying by me and cutting my ears off, you know, as they're trying to deliver somebody's sushi. You know, I feel like, so we have to make sure the technology is cool. But I'd say I love the idea of it. I'm just not that crazy about. So see, I think that's where you combine the drone and the sushi maker. Because if it's cutting anyway, dude, cut up a roll right there. Just, someone should be writing this down. Yeah, that's yeah, genius. yeah. That's a bad business <laughs> idea of the future. Add the, uh, add okay. the mayonnaise to the tuna fish. How about uh, Volvo? Kiss or tell, they are going to uh, not have, or they're going to be working out where. Diesel and fuel-based, gas-based cars, uh, engines, they're going to do away with them by 2019. Oh, kiss, kiss, kiss. Yeah. Yeah, let's, you know something, fossil fuels, it's like it's it's a limited resource. It takes, you know, millions of years to create it. And and we're still piping it out of the center of the planet. Like, and it's haunted, potentially. It's old dinosaurs, right? You know something? I, I'm not afraid of dinosaur ghosts as much. I'd actually be kind of thrilled to see a dinosaur ghost. That would be kind of I cool. say in theory, but, you know, yeah, yeah, at yeah. 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm probably not really going to feel that way. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I just, you know something? I think we need to really transition out of fossil fuels. Uh, and, and we can. We have the technology. We have the power. It's like if you know how to cure cancer, but you just chose not to. That seems like it's a, it's almost an ethical issue. Uh, right. And I think it's time for us to progress. Uh, uh, I'm with you. How about sandwiches? Kiss or tell? Kiss. What's your favorite one? In oh, Orlando. Orlando-based okay. sandwich. Uh, does it have to be favorite? Orlando, Orlando, Orlando area? Because I got to tell you something. Orlando uh, area. Yeah, I, I'd say um, it's Big Dog. Big Dog. Uh, Yellow Dog Eats. Yellow Dog Yellow Eats. Yellow Dog yeah, yeah, Eats. Yeah. Okay, I've heard a, a lot of good a things sandwich about that there called the Elvis. And the Elvis is a combination of pulled pork, uh, pork, bacon, uh, all in this beautiful sauce. And honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm going to need to go eat one today now that you've made it. Yeah, I'm going to go with you. It's we might really just good. go after this and break in. <laughs> I love it. it is, breakfast Elvis sandwich. But Yellow Dog Eats is real. That, that is an amazing sandwich, and I would say that's my favorite. And if I, if I eat them frequently enough, I will uh, need a cardiologist. Okay. Good. Well, that's good because then you're keeping up the medical industry. Hey. It's a trickle-down economics. <laughs> Bacon-down economics. Uh, how about the beach? 
Kiss or tell? Kiss. Yeah. Kiss. And I, I wasn't always that way. I, I found the beach to be a hassle when I was younger in life. Uh, you know, it's just you have to pack up all this stuff to go there, get all sandy. And uh, and in my older life, uh, I've grown to love it. Just because just being in front of that big expanse of water, uh, it, it gives you kind of perspective yeah. of, of where you fit on the planet. You know, and we're specs. And I want to be the best spec I can be, but when I'm standing in front of the ocean, I realize full out, you know, you you are not even a blip on this gigantic screen, you know, <laughs> and, and that's actually humbling, but it's also good because I think we need to be comfortable with what we really are. And, uh, and the beach helps me with that sometimes. Nice. All right. Let's go back to food for a second after we have that sandwich. Cobbler. Kiss or tell? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm a cobbler fan. Apple cobbler. Yes. Cherry cobbler. Yes. Blueberry cobbler. Mm, not as much. Peach. Not as much. Okay. okay. So I have, you know, a little bit of prejudice when it comes to cobbler. Well, that's good though, but you're still overall for it. Oh yes. Oh yes. I'll pick the fruit out if I don't like it. I'll just eat the yummy cinnamony stuff around it. Oh, the, yeah. The crust Crusty. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't like that's calling it stuff. crust though, because it doesn't feel like a crust. It's like a crumble really more. Okay. All right. I well, know. Carefully semantics. chosen words are yeah, the yeah, tools yeah. of your trade. Okay, so we have uh, questions from past guests. Would you like pink or green? I, I love that color green, so let's go with that. All right. If you could invent and name your own sandwich, oh, this is good. Uh, what would it be and make a sales pitch to sell it? My goodness. Okay. So I, if you could name your own sandwich. Right. So we just talked about the Elvis, so that's already taken. Assume that one's taken. Okay, so the uh, so, you know I would name the sandwich uh, the Rakihara. Nice. And it would be made of uh, beef teriyaki with sautéed onions, uh, also with crisp onions that have been fried on top of it uh, on brioche bread. Wow, that sounds any cheese or uh, any you other. You know something? Condiments? I'm not really that into cheese on this sandwich, but if you would like it, uh, I can have someone in the kitchen get you some. Put some. No, I don't think it would be good. <laughs> Teriyaki and cheese doesn't really go. And together. that's just what I'm feeling this morning. Yeah. Uh, you know, tomorrow it could be something different, but I love the name Rakihara, uh, and it's not Rocky Horror people. It's Rakihara. Right. It's it's got more of an Asian flair than than a <laughs> Tim Curry flair. <laughs> I like it. All right, so let's play a song, and we'll come back and talk a little bit more yeah. about you. Thank you for letting me get to know you a little bit better. Now I know all your uh, secrets and your weaknesses. Yay. So I can push your buttons for the rest of the show. Do so it. that's fantastic. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to a Certain Degree on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. This is Jimmy Smith with Chain of Fools. Jimmy Smith on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. That was Chain of Fools. And I don't know why. So the first song was uh, Huey Piano Smith and the Clowns. That song was Chain of Fools. I don't know why these songs came up. I didn't purposefully choose them. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. I love them. I thought they were great yeah. choices. Uh, guest today, Bob Codges. Thanks for being here, Bob. Glad so to be early, here. so early. So, in doing some research for the show on you, because I, I you know, as I mentioned earlier, I don't really uh, know you. I know of your work and stuff like that. But there's a lot of good videos of you up on YouTube. Yeah. You may not think so, but I thought they were great. That's some of them I like. So, you know, it's, it's funny <laughs> for me, whenever I see myself on video, I, I get that typical performer's anxiety of, you know. Oh, oh I could have like, done this better. Yeah, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Right? Yeah. But, yeah. but I do like that there's stuff out there. 
So Pachaca Cha 18 uh-huh. from what was that last year? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yes, it was last it was year. 2016. Was, so that's out there. So fun. One of my favorites, really. That one. That one. It's it's one of the rare cases where when I watch it, I get the same goosebumps that I got when I was actually on the stage. Well, what I like uh, about it, if you're familiar with Pachaca Cha, it's 20 slides, 20 seconds each, and normally people are yeah. telling a story. And you took about half of it and did sort of a uh, an interaction with the audience. Yeah, I, I flipped it so that it made the audience the art. Yeah, uh, and that was that was my point. That was the idea. There was to say, usually it's a talking head sharing a story, projecting it out to the audience. And what I wanted was the audience to project it back to me and mm-hmm. to each other, and to have some soul-revealing moments among strangers, uh, which is an amazing thing because once you have a soul-revealing moment, you're no longer strangers. You have shared something profound, and they know it. They walk out of the auditorium talking about it, and it's just, to me, it's it's amazing to see when people have the courage to be honest and to be themselves because the whole concept of that talk was to let your light shine. Yeah. You know, that the power of your individuality actually brings value to the world, and then to have them experience it in a flash i can tell you yes but let me show you let you know better you feel it and then tell me and uh, and that's what that does for me and i've done that uh, in front of five thousand people and oh, i have to tell nice. you it's you have to buy a lot of glow sticks uh, you better believe it it's incredible <laughs> to see a room light up it's like it's like you're in the middle of a constellation yeah uh, and it just it gets me every time well, and it's um, what I really liked about it and appreciate it. I'll have to look it up, but whoever did uh, the video for it, the videography, did a great job. Uh, Dave Siriano. I'll uh, okay. tell you that straight out. Yeah. Dave Siriano is also the man who did uh, the cardboard stories for the Rethink Homelessness campaign that I, I had worked on. And uh, he did an amazing job. He's a fantastic storyteller. Uh, and again, he captured that from many angles and then sliced it and diced it until it was kind of like you're there. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciated how he did that. Yeah, it was a really, really good one um, in terms of capturing everything that was happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Including music, too. I thought it was really well done. Right. That was uh, Five for Fighting, Heaven yeah. Knows. And uh, that song just, I didn't know how perfect that was until I was working out. And it came on, and I was thinking about the presentation, and I thought, this has the right rhythm, the right message. Oh, it was just right. on, your music was on random, and that song came on? When I was at the gym, it yeah. was on random. And then nice. I'm like, here you go, <laughs> that's it. So, And that's how things happen. You know, if you stay strikes. open yeah. to, to what the universe has to offer, it will give you what you need. So looking at the video or the, the presentation that you did for the collective recently about how nonprofits are successful... You know, what's interesting about that is it does apply to the for-profit world, but it also applies personally, because I think you, you mentioned one of the things was about being on brand or and building your brand, and it's like that could right. apply personally as well. Uh, the one I wanted to get to was the one you did at NASA, uh, the one we were talking about back in 2013. A yeah. uh, lot to unpack in that one. Oh, yeah. uh, and that was for, uh, tell me again what the it was what a, summit it was. It was an, I think it was an innovation summit of some yeah. kind uh, that they had a lot of their uh, top-level engineers and employees in the audience uh, and some amazing speakers. I mean, it was really, I was it was an honor to be there. Uh, what I was talking about that day was how to be ready for anything, yeah. which I've also done a Pachaka shot on as well. Uh, and the essence of that, I spent a year uh, researching readiness to find out what it takes to be ready for anything. Because what I found is, People don't really need a plan. They need an ability to take whatever the universe serves up and figure out how to do something with it. And that's mm-hmm. the essence of improv, which I love and I'm uh, a big part of. Uh, but it's also uh, part of like trauma surgery. 
I talked to the head of the trauma center at Orlando Health and asked, how do you teach a trauma surgeon to be ready for anything? I talked to trainers at NASA, uh, astronaut trainers. I mean, let's face it, you're going into outer space. That's really unknown. You pretty much have to be. Right. When you have 1,500 things that can kill you at any given time. Yeah. Right? So, so you, yeah, and so I talked, to, I talked to the top trainer of U.S. Uh, Navy SEALs. Mm -hmm. How do you train a Navy SEAL to be ready for anything? And what they gave me out of that was not rocket science, actually. It was very simple human science, and it's about preparing your mind. And so that's what I was talking to them about was just finding a way to, you know, prepare your mind and prepare your heart for whatever comes down the pike to say, I'm going to receive it. I'm going to figure out what to do with it. And I'm going to make the best of whatever it is. And a, a lot of people need that message these days. Yeah. You know, and so it, it resonates with them quite well. So I, I love doing that talk. I, I've taken that all over the place. I've, I've done that talk in front of the top internal auditing team uh, for the Fed. I've done it in front of Disney Imagineering. I've done, you know, they've taken it everywhere and everyone seems to have something they get out of it because stuff's changing. We need to be able to deal with it. So let me ask you this, because this is the one thing that kind of struck me about it was the part about being on autopilot. Mm -hmm. So every once in a while, you know, you can get into this mode where I mean, you're driving to work and you forget how you got there. Right. And so I've seen a couple of studies about what that is. You sometimes when you do the same thing over and over again, your memories stack. And so you you don't see the individual ones. So one of your suggestions was to change it up, go That's to a all. different restaurant, go to a different thing. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, you look at someone like uh, President Obama, uh, and not pol political in any way, but one of his <laughs> things was, I have to make important choices over the course of the day, so in the morning, I'm always going to have the same breakfast, so that I don't have to make a choice at that point. Einstein had the same outfit in his closet over and over again for the same purposes, right? It's like, I don't want to have to think about this and use my valuable brain space in order to, you know, make a judgment. And I would suggest that those people are robbing themselves of just another little piece of inspiration that will add to their creativity and their awareness of what's going on. And I, I, nothing against, you know, people who like to have their habits or, you know, uh, repetition. But Well, you're not talking about having something completely different every day, right? It's just every no. once in a while trying something new. Tweet, guess what? Don't put butter on your toast one day and see what that feels like. The point is, the more new experiences we have, the more we have to work with in our creative mind. I believe that, that creativity is just a combination of, of taking the things that we've experienced and we know and juggling them in different ways. So the more stuff that we have in there to juggle and to look at, the greater the chances are that we'll find a, a solution. So, and again, you could say that's going to give you a jumbled brain, but I do believe that it's uh, it's more valuable to have more in there. You know, they say if a cluttered desk is the sign of a cluttered mind, then what's an empty desk the sign of? You know, so I'd rather have the clutter. Great. I'm glad my desk is all cluttered. <laughs> yeah, good job. Well done. Well, it's good. So uh, you you do a lot of speaking engagements. So obviously for yeah. Pachaka Chan Collective, those were sort of just sharing. Those uh, are my freebies. Those yeah, are, I just yeah. go out and talk because I love an audience and because I love the people who are involved in those and because they ask me to come. Very often, if you ask me to come, I'll show up and actually speak. Well, yeah, you're here today. Hey, right. Yeah. A, a early one, too. So there. <laughs> Well, you'll have accomplished more by 9.15 than most people will have by 10 a.m. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that. So that's, that's great. You're going to have that good feeling for about 45 minutes, and then you're going to be like, ah, oh, caught up. There you go. Everyone else. <laughs> it's done. Everyone's caught up to me. Uh, so you do this professionally in terms of facilitating meetings and facilitating. You work with a lot of nonprofits, a lot of for-profits. Yes, uh, here's my deal. Um, I work with, 
I would dare say, more nonprofits than most human beings on the planet. Uh, and that's because for every paying client that I have, uh, I give away a free project to a not-for-profit of their choice. I've been doing this for years and years. And, uh, and so I get a lot of exposure to not-for-profit organizations. And my favorite capacity to help those organizations, well, one of two capacities. I'm a marketing expert, so and I'm a creative, so I can come up with interesting creative messaging that's strategic for them. So for a lot of my not-for-profit clients, I'm offering that service. For more clients, I'm offering uh, a service of facilitation, mm -hmm. which is, you know, by its nature, the word means to make things easier, facilitation. Um, and what I'm trying to do is make collaboration easier for boards, executive groups, you name it. So I do a lot of board retreats, uh, but I don't do it in your standard business way. I, um, I think fun. I like creativity. I love interactivity. And I like to keep the energy high in the room. And so when I get in the room, people are like, oh, I've been through this a thousand times. When they walk right. out of the room, they say, it's not like that. Uh, and that's my goal. That's for them to be able to walk away going, okay, that was different and useful. And so, uh, so I, I love the not-for-profit world. I will always work in the not-for-profit world. And not that I won't work for the for-profit world. I do that too. Well, yeah, you have to. I mean, you have to balance that out and keep your, uh, I, I think you have to keep your feet in both because if you're going to work with nonprofits and not-for-profits effectively, you have to kind of know what to bring over from the for-profit world and vice versa. Yeah, right? it's, it's sustainability is everything in both of those worlds and in my personal life. You know, I have to, I have to charge to be able to live. I would love to be wealthy enough that I could just be a philanthropist mm -hmm. all the time, but I am a philanthropist because I'm choosing to do this purely because the world needs a lot more than it can afford to pay for. And look, somebody's got to do this stuff. Somebody's got to help those who are helping other people. And so that's my goal in that effort is really to, to have an impact and hope that the people that I help will pay that forward uh, in other ways. And, and they will, they do. Yeah. So you mentioned the person that goes in with sort of these set expectations of, okay, I'm going into another thing. Oh, yeah, There's going to be a facilitator. Set my brain to coma mode, right? So I was in the store the other day, and I saw this little uh, clay spinning uh, thing, you know, the like from the movie Ghost. And I'm like, well, <laughs> does it come with a ghost? And I started thinking about being haunted by things, right? Wow. Like you may have a family heirloom. You don't know. Might have a curse yeah. on it. Uh, rugs for me, for some reason, like all the rugs in my house are very disposable because I always feel like, I don't know why, but the souls of the undead are trapped in rugs. In your rugs. Yeah. I, I, like the old oriental rugs. I think I, there were a lot in my grandma's house and just the smell of it and the remembrance of it. Uh, it just haunts me. So that idea of these expectations that you have of things or these fears that you have of things of going outside of your uh, comfort zone or of... You know, how do you get people to stop thinking about something one way and to start thinking about it another way? Mm -hmm. I think you have to... Like, say, someone who comes up with awkward segues about haunted rugs. <laughs> you know something? I wasn't going to say anything about the segue because I thought, that was actually pretty smooth. That was... I, I, <laughs> I went with you there. Uh, but I have uh, I have a mind like that. So, um, what was the question again? Yeah, so I am stuck in my ways. Yes, okay. So How do you help me? Um, I believe what you have to do is you have to impose change. You have to immerse someone in change. I, you know, I can't tell you anything that will make you change. You have to experience something that makes you want to change. And I very firmly believe that people don't change unless the discomfort of staying the same 
grows high enough that you're motivated to change. So, you know, sometimes the stress of why do I keep doing this to myself? Um, but you need some motivation. Mm -hmm. So the question is, where does that motivation come from? And it always comes from inside you. So the question is, what do you have to impose on you or what do you have to do with you in order to get you to get to that point where you say, okay, I'm ready for this change. And so it, it's uh, if it's the experience, the expectation coming in, all I have to do is give you something different than what you expected. And that should do it. Although in this day and age of unchangeable minds, uh, I don't think it always works. It Probably not. But... You have to, so it's not, you know, you you can't feel responsible for whether or not somebody changes. You can give them all the tools. Exactly. exactly. And if they do, great. And if not, eh. Yeah, it's like, oh, hey, well. of course, there's the water. Why aren't you drinking? <laughs> Sorry. Well, let's play a song. Uh, this will be a good one then. Etta James, Trust in Me. Uh, we're talking yeah. Bob Conges. This is to a certain degree on WPRK, one of our Florida. And we'll come back with a little bit more. We'll talk about your college experience now. All right. And, uh, yeah, Etta James. Etta James on WPRK, Warner Park, Florida. That was Trust in Me from her album, At Last. Good morning. My name is Nick, and I'm here with Bob Cogges. Bob, the first hour is almost over. I can't believe that went really fast. You're a pleasure and a, an, an honor. Really <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So I wanted to talk a little bit about college. Uh, you had a very, what I would consider, I guess, a traditional path. Uh, in college, so you went right out of high school. I did you, not actually. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, but you finished in three years. I did. Well, right? I finished in three years to catch up with the love of my life, who who started a year before I did. Uh, I, did you take me, a year off? Uh, I didn't intentionally take a year off. I just didn't have the money for college uh, when I graduated high school, and gotcha. so I spent a year between high school and college working every blue collar job that you could imagine. I mean, I. I was loading 250-pound bags of animal feed onto trucks with my back. I was driving a backhoe. I was packing computer components. My father was a vice president with manpower, and so he got me a bunch of temp jobs during that year, and I learned a lot of new skills, and one that I learned the most was, I want to go to college. college yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I did, and I saved up enough after that year, and I got a guaranteed student loan, and I moved to Orlando, Florida from, from Saugus, Massachusetts, and what you from Massachusetts? I never would have known with the accent, dude. Sometimes it comes out, sometimes it doesn't, uh -huh. and sometimes it comes out really hard. And yeah. that's you know, yeah. sometimes not so much. Uh, when it's early in the morning, you'll hear it more. Uh, if it's late at night, uh, if I've had any alcohol whatsoever, Boston comes out. I would imagine, yeah. yeah. It's because guess what? It's a natural state, it's my yeah. heritage. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I came down here, I, and after that year, I really I wanted to catch up because I wanted to marry this girl that I chased. The reason I wanted to come to Florida was because I was in love. And I continue to be to the same person uh, since 1980. So it's been a really good run. My patty Very is nice. my life. She's just an awesome person. I got lucky. I found the person I love when I was still pretty much a kid. And uh, I've managed to hold on to her for all these years since. You have a very strong uh, grip, I notice, when I shake your hand. So <laughs> nice job on that. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, so traditional in the sense that you finished around 22. Uh, it took me seven and a half years and four colleges before I finished my bachelor's degree. Really? Yeah. So I was wondering, you know, looking at it now, looking at the, because you have a very different perspective in terms of the, the type of people that you work with and who you see, mm -hmm. what advice would you give? So you graduated from UCF. Yeah, I graduated from It was from a UCF. computer science degree? I, it was a major in marketing, minor in computer science, which was a lovely combination because yeah. it gave me both the creative and the technical side 
uh, and uh, allowed me to find my first job out of college as well in my field. So, and it was computer science, and you ended up, uh, or computers and programming? What I was, I was the computer jockey for the marketing research department uh, at Orlando Regional Medical Center back then. That was the name of the organization. Now it's Orlando Health. And uh, so I was able to tap into both my marketing skills Mm -hmm. and my computer skills in that role, which was uh, pretty cool, actually. Uh, It was a good good leap into that industry. But... um, but you had a question about advice. Yeah, so advice for, let me ask you in this way, if you were, uh, you, we typically talk about millennials in the sense that they they are a little more socially conscious, whether that's true or not, because I feel like as Gen X, I'm kind of socially conscious on occasion as well. Uh, but if, if somebody wanted to go into working with nonprofits, if that was their goal, right um, or they wanted to have more of a nonprofit sort of mindset, having worked with a number of boards, having worked with all of the not-for-profits that you have, what advice would you give them going into college? What, not necessarily what would they study, but yeah. what should they be doing? They should be immersing themselves in the world that they want to be in. Uh, that means when you're not studying, you're out there actually in the not-for-profit world. M- most of these organizations have beautiful volunteer opportunities so that you can see what it's like. If you choose to get into the not-for-profit world, more than likely you have some sense of social conscience and you're trying to do something good for the world. So start now. Put yourself out there and do some good for some not-for-profit organizations and pay attention to what people are doing. Pay attention to the conversations that are happening around you. Uh, Have conversations with the people running the place to find out what their goals are, what they're trying to accomplish, and how they're trying to actually accomplish it. What I learned in college was how to learn. And I think that's the greatest experience you get in college. You learn how to learn information, but you also learn how to learn how to get along with people, Mm -hmm. uh, how to explore the unknown, how to uh, face down challenges that seem very daunting and insurmountable. So you learn those skills and you develop those muscles. And then when you get out into the world, that's when the content becomes relevant. Because most of the stuff that I learned in college, shortly after I graduated, the the information, the content, uh, it wasn't relevant. It was obsolete. And but one of the things they taught me in college was that's the way it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. The, the program that you learn on the the type of thing that you do. Yeah. It's going they, to be. They don't have punch cards anymore. Can yeah. you believe that? When I graduated what? college in 1984, I had been working on the Hollerith IBM key punch card system. So when I was writing programs, I'd have to run a thousand cards through this card reader machine. And if there was an error, it wouldn't tell you what card it was on. It would just say error. So you had to go through your thousand cards and figure out which one you had a typo on. So yeah, technology changes, content changes, and you get a sense that it is a, a movable feast of sorts. You know that, that it's going to change, and we have to be comfortable with that change. So I'd say really put yourself out there. I, I'm a big fan of as if if you know if you want to be a not for profit professional, act as if you are a not for profit professional. Put yourself in the situation. Um, that's my best advice because nothing beats experience to make you world ready. So what about, you kind of took a forced gap year, if you will. So you yeah. had to work in order to, to pay for college. Uh, if, is that something you would say to people in terms of, so I've heard advice where a gap year is great. Uh, but then again, a gap year for an 18 year old, you don't have much perspective. Yeah. I, I so don't know. Do you do that after a couple of years? Do you do that at all? Do you just get your college over with and then, Go on. I think you do whatever works for you. I yeah. think, but I do think that there is uh, a good proportion of people who say that they're going to go to school after a year and then never get there. And the question is, what do you really want? 
do you, if you need a break between high school and college, there's a good chance you're not going to be ready for college. Um, at the same time, uh, you know, I, I, I took a year and managed to get done early because I was very motivated and I was very motivated to do well because I didn't want to leave Florida because the love of my life was in Florida. Whatever motivates you, I think you have to let that motivate you. But I don't think there's a rule one way or the other. But I do think uh, we are moving towards more variability in when people choose to go to college. Yeah. Absolutely, and we see that a lot. The um, the traditional student on my side, from an admission standpoint, the traditional student is becoming rarer and rarer, yeah. um, and people are going back to school after a certain amount of time. That's obviously what I did. Uh, how about lifelong learning? So one of the things mm-hmm. you do is teach at SAC. Uh, oh, yeah. You do improv classes there. And, and I had, also take improv classes yeah. there. Yeah, and so it's interesting because we've had a number of people from SAC, but then I've had a number of people in who have told me that they've done the improv uh, mm-hmm. classes at SAC. And I was surprised by a couple of, I guess, because you wouldn't necessarily think that a, a PhD in business uh, who teaches here and then at UCF uh, would need improv classes. But he oh, yeah. he chalked it up to, you know, a lot of his success in the classroom, a lot of his success in life. Beautiful. And I, I, honestly, improv, uh, jumping into one of my favorite subjects in the world, is the single greatest set of skills that I've encountered so far. And I am a lifelong learner. I'm, I'm studying Tai Chi right now, which is also a mind-bending, uh, body-bending experience. Because you um, saw Dr. Strange, right? Uh, I assume why anybody went into it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Strange was kind of cool. I appreciated that. Yeah. I saw that on a, a flight to China, interestingly. <laughs> and that was mind-bending unto itself. Uh, but improv is really... Um, it, it's a skill that opens you up. And when you learn improv, you're not really adding things to your skill set so much as taking away barriers to get to who you are and what you actually have the ability to do. It takes away your self-judgment. It takes away your self-punishment when you make mistakes. It allows you to see mistakes as the opportunities that they are. And, you know, when you're in front of a group, uh, there's a lot of opportunities to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And the question is, what's, what's that going to look like when you're done? You know, it's, is it going to be dotted with errors or is it going to be something that you've incorporated into the fabric of what you're doing so that it becomes not such a tragedy every time you make a mistake you know they say that the uh, the master weaver um, weaves his students mistakes into the larger pattern so that you don't see the mistakes because he's made them into just become part of it right yeah. and, and that's what I think improv allows us to do with our mistakes in general it you know, you find a way to to deal with your mistakes in a way that's productive and useful. You know, I, I think it's also healthy for us to be able to look at mistakes that way. Because have you ever met anybody who doesn't make mistakes? Uh, no. And so guess what? It's built into us. So we better learn how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't expect that I'll ever be in a position where I'm not making mistakes. So guess what? I'm going to do what I can with the ones that I have. And uh, usually there's a lesson in there. You know, most of us, we can't even stop repeating our own mistakes, uh, let alone try right, to stop right, them right. all together. So I, I'm a big fan of just saying, let's just not judge the mistakes. Huh. You know? So instead of crippling shame and guilt. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. That doesn't seem that natural to me, but I'll, I'll look into it. I'll it's look a, into it. You know what it is? It takes so much energy, though. If you're going to beat yourself up for your mistakes. I had a, a karate teacher early in my life who said that a good karate student, when he finds himself off the path, will beat himself back onto the path. But a great karate student will just put himself back on the path. And it's like, okay, you realize that you're out there. You just bring it, bring it on back, you know? 
Okay, I can't tell which one is the better way to get back on the path. <laughs> Bringing but... it back. You no need to beat yourself is the point. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to look at, again, I'm going to look into that. Let's play a song. <laughs> and then uh, we've got the second hour coming up. We've got bad business yeah. ideas. We've got a pop quiz. All right. We're talk about music and some other things a lot to talk about. All right. So thanks, Bob, for being here. You're listening to A Certain Degree. This is Bobby Humphrey with Jasper County Man on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Albert Hammond Jr. on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was GFC. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I'm here with a very special guest, Bob Codges. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. It's good to spend time with you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, We were just commenting during the break that how often do you get to sit down with somebody for two hours and hang out yeah. and just talk and not have alcohol involved? <laughs> you know something? We should be doing more of this, I think, as a human species. Yeah. Uh, just because I don't think there's enough face-to-face -face communication going on in the world. I will, and for people who don't think they'd be very good at it, I'll be happy to facilitate it. You're easy to talk to. You ask fun questions, and yeah. uh, and that makes it uh, a lot easier. Actually, for everybody listening, good questions make for good conversations. Yeah. So and with some good ones. I'm going to put up on my poster on my website from a testimonial standpoint that Bob said that I was easy. So Yay. that's perfect, too. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so we start out the 8 o'clock hour with a little segment. Uh, this is the one that I do fairly consistently just because of my background being Greek. And I think having gypsy blood is I'm always trying to come up with that million-dollar idea. So this is Bad Business Ideas, which we now have a theme song for. Bad Business Ideas. It's time to pick just one. It's gonna be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on, have some fun. That is a great song. Thanks, thanks. Yes, bad business ideas. Innovate like nobody's watching or listening or in the room. So before we get started, so what I'm going to do is present two ideas to you. All right. And by being on the show, I don't know if you realize this. A lot of our guests don't. Uh, our guests, my guests, because as if there's the royal we behind me, uh, that by being on the show, you're legally obligated to run with one of these ideas. Okay. So you have to choose one. I know you're busy. Uh, flight of ideas takes up a lot of time facilitating and a lot of the good work you do. But I'm sure you're going to have, you're such a good businessman that you'll have no problem running. I will these make ideas. whatever you offer me fly. Right. That's, that's what great. I'm going to do. Because flight of ideas, that's what we're about. That is exactly. And you are all about get what the universe gives to you. You do something. You got to work it out. Well, you with. do work it out whether you like it or not. You know, it's yeah, just whether or not point. you like the solution you work it out for. So, 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 uh, so sometimes I come up with ideas and I realize that they're already out there in the world. So these are just things that come to me that may or not be a solution to things that are out there. So last week I was thinking about it and, you know, thinking about voicemail and I hate voicemail. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't like listening to it or anything else, but I would like the ability to put in uh, custom messages for different people. So if my sister calls, she gets this message. If my boss calls, they get this message. It's already out there. Right. So what I was thinking is, could we do something a little bit different or could we build on that? What if we recorded the greetings ourselves? And we gave them to people because no, not everybody has time to record their own greetings and they right. want to do custom greetings. So let's do a quick role play because okay. I don't mind putting you on the spot because uh, you're the guest. I'm spotable. Yeah. And uh, so if we could just record some quick messages, if you could just go ahead and record okay. for it. So I'll be the engineer here. You'll be the 
talent, of course. Do you want to stay Bob or do you want to be another person? Um, I, I, I think I'll be another person. Okay, so I'll be Merle, the engineer. Okay. And you could be Chester. I'm, I'm the Chester. Talent. Okay, I'm Chester. Okay. Uh, Chester, okay, we're gonna we're gonna need to record some messages today. Let's go ahead and knock out all the ones for mom. Is that all right? All right. All right. Okay. Uh, so if you could just give me, uh, you know, this is just a vo outgoing voicemail message, just a warm one for mom. Hi, mom. I'm sorry I couldn't be here for you when you called. I love you very, very much, and I hope that you forgive me in my absence. I will see you soon. And Chester, that's that's just fantastic. Could you do, okay? So we just do one a little bit warmer than that. Mommy, I love you, Mommy. I want to hold you, Mommy. Hold me, Mama. It's me, Chester. That was great. Now, don't say your name because this is actually, we're going to sell these to other people. Oh, that's fine. Said, but there, hey, the Chester market is pretty big. It's pretty, there's a lot of Chesters. We have a lot of Chesters signed up for this service. Uh, prepping, okay, so this one, uh, you, the next call you call your mom is going to be asking for money. So this is, she's leaving a message, and you're just trying to prep her for that. Hey, Mom, I'm sorry I couldn't be here right now because I have no money. I have no resources. I'm out on the street trying to find something to eat, um, perhaps a cat or squirrel. But when I get back, I hope I have the time to talk to you. Um, and perhaps, you know, we could talk about things like, I don't know, money. That's that's that was very aggressive. Thank you. I do think though that it would result in some cash. It would. It's something. Uh, let's go a little passive. You're mad at her, but you don't want her to know for sure that you're you're upset. Um, hi, mom. Um, sorry I couldn't be here for you right now. Um, like you weren't for me most of my childhood. Uh, I love you anyways, and I'll talk to you when I get back. Very nice. And scene. So I think that might work as a future uh, bad business idea, because I think the other hallmark of it, a uh, bad business idea, is when you have people getting upset that uh, they get a custom message or that other people got a custom message and that they didn't. So I think that would be a big component of it, and I like that idea. I think the concept of a custom message is like the concept of a form letter. Oh, look, you know, I'm trying to make it seem personal, but the fact is you're still talking to my machine. And, <laughs> you know, it's, and I have to tell you, I have an issue with form letters. You send me a form letter uh, af after I've worked with you, I probably won't work with you again. Ever again. Well, it's like, you know, it's like being married to someone for 30 years and when they walk through the door, introducing yourself to them. You know, it's, it's does that happen a lot? Not in, it, not in my life, <laughs> not yet in my life. You know, we'll see what happens. But I, yeah, I think we need to be more. I want to hear live people answering the phone. I want to talk to people in person. You know, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I'm getting on a mantra here, and I love electronic media. I really do. But I, uh, I like the personal stuff better. Okay, so I'm I'm glad this wasn't a pitch for this particular bad business idea because I don't think you're down with this one. I, you know, something I, I would not come up with it myself. Uh huh. Uh, and if a client came up with it, I would probably advise them in a different direction. However, if they said this is non-negotiable, I'd find a way to make it interesting and fun. All right. And very good. So let's get to your options. So we're going to set a uh, lovely two meals in front of you, and you got to choose one. So, Bob, may I call you Bob? Yes, you may. Thank you. Uh, you do a lot of consulting with businesses and nonprofits, and I would imagine I a big part of what you do is 
getting them to communicate better, getting them to collaborate better. The single greatest issue in every organization I've ever worked with in the history of my professional life is communication. Yep. Every single one of them. But for some reason, it's an unnatural act for human beings to communicate beyond their individual tribes. And and so when we find between departments, uh, communication breaks down. So communication, collaboration, those are two things that I help a lot of my clients with. Perfect. Well, this is perfect because what I'm uh, pitching here is a company called Woke Signals. Woke. And so <laughs> the idea is that sometimes when we're communicating at work, maybe we... Uh, don't realize we're stepping on people's toes, that we're saying things that might be, uh, you know, considered a little bit uh, anachronistic or potentially offensive in some cases. So what we would do is produce some sort of uh, lighting system that could be built into glasses or in somebody's office. And this could be an automated system or it could be actually somebody listening in on your conversations. And so when you're good, the light is green. Yeah. When you start down a path that maybe you should be a little more cautious, the light turns yellow. And if you start uh, like a sentence like, hey, you want to hear a joke? I'm just letting you know it's a little off color. <laughs> then it goes completely red, you know, or you start gossiping or something like that red. Uh, so that would be woke signal. So we'd create this uh, potentially if it's automated, it would be an algorithm Can that would just listen. Can you tell me about that, that name, woke? Woke. Uh, yeah. So the idea is that if you know culturally, I think that uh, the idea behind woke is that I, I think it was Erica Badu who came up with this uh, <laughs> uh, this term or in a song. It's about being woke in terms of uh, understanding who you're talking to culturally. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. So instead I, of smoke signals, it's woke signals. I have to tell you something. I kind of love this idea. Uh, I think we should be our own woke signals, that we should be comfortable enough to tell people rather than have a light show people. Right. Uh, you know, that you're wandering into territory. But I think this is kind of a... This is a fun censorship censorship idea, uh, and that's exactly what it is. By the way, it is oh yeah, it, it is somebody else imposing their view of what you should and shouldn't say out there. But you know something, mind control. That's kind of what's happening in the corporate world these days. So why not? Uh, why not just go ahead and do it? I like that. <laughs> and you could add to it eventually, like if you wanted to, like a whole Roxanne Cyrano de Bergerac thing, where oh. you actually are telling people what to say. Oh, that, a lot point. of people can't handle that skill, though. I, I've had a producer's voice in my ear when I. I was doing uh, Emotional Mojo, a TV show, and I have to tell you, I find it difficult to hear somebody talking in my ear while I'm talking. Oh, yeah, you uh, end up just saying what they're saying. Yeah, well, which is probably what they would want in, <laughs> yeah, that's in that a good point. as well, but yeah. Okay. So, so that's a cool idea. I got to tell you, I would add flashers. Uh, but perhaps, Ooh. perhaps a smart or turn siren. signals. Uh, <laughs> like, take a left here. Honestly, Get wouldn't out. that be fantastic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that way everyone knows in advance which direction you're going. You know, I, I love it. Great. I like it. Okay. Woke signals. Let's get on to the second one. Time will tell. Okay. There's no time like the present. Time waits for no one. Sign of the times. Time to make the donuts. What do all these things have in common? Time. Yes, that is correct. Good. We're so on yeah. the same page. I love this. Same space and time? Uh, we have a lot of organizers. So this goes back to work. We have a lot of things that organize us and calendars and, you know, my phone and my computer tell me where to be mm -hmm. and what I have to do. And, you know, sometimes I even have reminders for birthdays. Unfortunately, I should have probably more of that. But... Uh, organizing your time is not just the work-related stuff and a couple of birthdays here and there and maybe some things on the weekend. What I was thinking about recently was there are certain things in your life that you're not going to have time to do when you're older or you're not going to have time to do because 
Maybe it's somebody else's birthday, and maybe they're getting up there in years. So I had this idea for a new type of calendaring system. It's called Cherishable Perishables. <laughs> so the idea is there are certain uh, life goals that you have, possibly. There are certain things that you may regret not doing uh, when somebody's still around. And so the idea is that there's a certain amount of time that you have to do those things. And this would remind you, so based on maybe some information, maybe there's an interview process early on in the process. Here's one of your goals. This is maybe it's to run a marathon. So, for example, my time to do that and to prepare for that is well past. I have two bad knees, one bad back, possibly two bad backs. I think my back is so bad that it actually counts for, <laughs> you are the beast for two. Backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so running a marathon, luckily, was never a goal of mine. So that I, I don't have to worry about that. But there might be other things. You know, what I was thinking about recently is the, the stories that families tell. Like, is, have you documented that? Do you want to document that? Is that a goal of yours? Well, when should you start? How should you be getting these reminders Amazing for these perishable that. items? I, uh, I had a conversation this weekend with a, with a couple of good friends whose parents are in different levels of, um, of the end of their lives. And we were talking specifically about that concept of, of trying to preserve some of that mm -hmm. and carry it forward. Uh, I think this is a delightful idea because this is an idea that, that puts people's priorities in front of their faces while they're living. You know, I think so often people get to the end of their lives and the, their regrets are about the things that they didn't do. And if we can create a system that's designed to keep their priorities in front of their faces uh, and so that they're focused on what's most important because so often we wander away from what's most important in our lives. I, I like to advise people that they make a list of the things that are most important in their lives so that they can put their lives and their time there. Uh, and uh, it's like you, people say, you know, you make a list of things that you would grab for your house is on fire. Well, yeah. this is the list of things you grab if your life is on fire that you, you know, this is what I need to get done before my life is over. And, and not really a bucket list so much as... Uh, Some things that I want to accomplish. Yeah. yeah, and what's most important to you. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you have children. Yes, right? Okay, you know where they fall on the spectrum of what's most important in life. Right. And, uh, and I would trust that you're getting the time that you need to be with those children because they are the most important thing. But there's so many people out there, you know, I feel like seeing cats in the cradle uh, where, you know, they wander <laughs> away from what's most important for other details of life that are important but not as important, mm -hmm. and then they end up being disappointed with the result of their own life. And I'm like, let's put our time where our values are. Let's put our time, because time is the most valuable thing I have. Uh, it's, I think it's the most valuable thing any of us have. And uh, how we invest that in our own existence is really important. Well, that's where the name perishable came in. Right. I was thinking about that a lot, you know, in terms of, we talk about produce that way and things like that, but it's like, not only do you set the goals, I think what I have the biggest problem with is kind of putting that into bite-sized parts. Right. Right. Yes, I would love to do these things, but how do I start? Right. How do I get a couple Schedule of... Schedule it so, up. So, well, and this is where Cherishable Perishables right. would come in and help you with that process. The project manager of your life. Yeah. I love right. it. There's your tagline. Look at that tagline. All right. So, uh, we've got some... Some some decisions to make. We've got one specific decision to make, I should say. Cherishable perishables on mm -hmm. one side or woke signals. Cherishable perishables. That's the one you're going yeah, with. That's the one I'm going for. Right. I actually think that's a marketable idea. I think I could get behind that and tell that story and other people would buy into it. Okay. Well, great, because you have to do that now. As I mentioned, <laughs> you're legally obligated. 
Uh, I should also mention that by listening, everybody who's listening is obligated not to steal either one of those That's, ideas. Yeah, that was... Well, that, I guess you could take woke signals. If you want to take it and give me credit for it and well, you the know, profits, that's fine. Thing, you could do that. You have put it out there, copyright stamp. Boom. Perishable Perishables is yours. I mean, it's mine. You're going to run it. I'm going to profit and not be legally obligated or responsible for anything it seems that happens like the with one-sided it. relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm up yeah. for that. That's yeah. good. Yeah, well, okay. I mean, we're having a two-sided relationship right now. Right. It will and be. now that's ended. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. I'm All right. Good. Well, thank you very much, uh, Bob. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about music, how you interact with music, and how that helps your creative process. I love music. So, uh, well, let's play some then. Kishibashi is going to be here right now. They're not going to be here. Or oh. he's not going to be here. She's Rich. not going to be here. I don't know if it's a he, she, or band. It's I'm going to really, find out. It's not really important. It's it's whatever you want it to be. It is it is the creator of the music. Let's leave it. Great. Away. So this is Bright Whites on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Kishibashi on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. That was Bright Whites. Bright Whites. Is it that reference to uh, underwear? I think it was. He was either underwear or teeth. maybe it was a, yeah, it might have been a sponsored song for some sort of teeth whitening. Great whites. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm. There's none of them down here, so <laughs> it's a good thing. Uh, so my guest today, my name is Nick. Uh, I do this every week from 7 to 9, and I have special guests every week. Thank you so much for being here, Bob Codges. I'm glad to be here, Nick. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You're awesome, too. Oh, we're having an awesome party now. Yeah, okay, that's enough. Uh, <laughs> Flight of Ideas, uh, you do a lot of things, and if you missed any of the show to talk about some of the things uh, or to listen to some of the things that Bob does, uh, we'll talk about them again towards the end of the show. But right now I wanted to talk about music a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so it's an important aspect uh, of my life, so I listen to music literally all the time. Like, I, I can't write, I can't do anything without music in the background in terms of sitting on my computer, even answering emails. Um, I feel like I can't listen to podcasts, obviously, yeah. when I'm working, but uh, in the car and everything else. Where does it come in for you uh, in terms of, like, the creative process? Maybe you're stuck on something or, you know, even in some of the meetings that you facilitate and things. Do you bring in music there? I do. Uh, music, to me, is a catalyst. Uh, it's it's this amazing thing that gets inside us and affects us on an emotional level. Uh, so I use music uh, uh, in a million different ways in my work. One, probably primarily to inspire myself. Uh, I love to put on great music and go out for a bike ride or a jog or a walk or a place where I can think uh, and allow it to kind of get under my skin and then amazingly it tends to un unwind my Gordian knots I, I tend to find solutions to things that I wasn't finding solutions to before and it gives me good juice I mean it, it, it affects me emotionally and I choose my music uh, based on how I want and need to feel emotionally so sometimes it's rock and hard rock music awesome mm -hmm. crazy stuff and sometimes it's very poppy simple stuff and sometimes it's country music sometimes it's rap I, I, I have a wide range of kinds of music that I like, but usually I have to use music without words when I'm writing because the lyrics find their way into whatever I'm writing. Right, right. that words. can be embarrassing. Uh, but otherwise, you know, it's it really depends on, on the mood. The other side of it is uh, I do a lot of um, creative ideation, and in presenting my ideas to clients, uh, I like to wrap it in music. 
because it tends to put them in a certain emotional spot that I want them to be in uh, that makes them receptive to one idea or another. And it also helps to sell the idea. You know, we talked about Five for Fighting, that song that I used for uh, Let Your Light Shine at Pachakasha. It's amazing how that song allowed people to get comfortable sharing their souls mm -hmm. uh, in front of a group of strangers. And uh, so I, I really value music a, a lot. So I'm trying to take off my bad business, business ideas hat for a second, but music to manipulate people in meetings. Right. I think it's something we should talk about after <laughs> the new 3M uh, shows that we <laughs> meeting manipulation music. Fantastic. Right. I love it. We will control your mind yeah. through music. Well, I like it too, because, you know, being, having been in the agency world and the creative side, you always have your favorite in the ideas that you're pitching, right? Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. you've got, you get usually your favorite, the one you know they're going to pick, and then the straw man because you have to present three. I do. I do three as well, and I here's how I do it. I always give them what they want. Yep. In addition to what they actually need, uh, but I will. And then what's the third option? Uh, the third option would be they all have to be acceptable to me. Yeah. If they're because I'm not going to pitch something that I don't I, that I won't. So there might be support. two if you only have two really right. great ideas. But, but no, yeah. but I usually I usually do bring in three too. But that third that third idea is just a strong support one that says if these two fail, maybe they'll consider this. And I tend to go into a pitch uh, expecting them to dissect what I'm giving them and tell me the pieces that they love and the pieces that they don't. Uh, if you're summarily tossing out a whole you know series of ideas, uh, it doesn't help me to to figure out what I need to do next time. So when I go and I ask my clients straight out, I want you to tell me the things, the pieces of this that you love, the pieces of this that are just unacceptable. Mm -hmm. If you give me those two, the next time I come in the room, I'll be a lot closer to where you want me to be. Right. You know, so it's all about listening to those clients. So how often would you say when you're, when you're uh, just on your own and trying to come up with ideas, how often is it that, uh, you know, you sort of the muse strikes because of the music that's playing? So you mentioned the, the five for fighting song. Yeah. And that kind of came up at the, the you, what did you, you say? I was exercising. Yeah, yeah, I knew yeah. that I had created the presentation. I knew that it, I needed some music to accompany it, but I didn't know which music I was going to use. And when I heard that song, it just clicked that that was the, the right music for the moment. Uh, but I'm not sure that the music itself um, inspires the ideas so much as it loosens my brain up to yeah. find the ideas itself. It puts my brain into following patterns. I have this theory on creativity that goes like this. The left brain is the prison guard. The right brain is the crazy inmate. And if you want to use the right brain, you have to distract the prison guard. Right. So what you do is you do things like listening to music where you've got the rhythm that takes control because there's nothing the left brain likes more than rhythm. One, two, one, two, give me something to do, right? Uh -huh, and once okay. it's got that yeah. rhythm, whether it's riding a bike, taking a walk, painting a wall, uh, that prison guard gets distracted, that inmate goes wild. It starts working out all your issues. It's free to think in any realm it wants right. to because it doesn't have the left brain judging everything that it does. Uh, and I think that so I believe that music helps to distract the prison guard of your creativity and allow that crazy inmate to do what it does best. So that would explain showers for me because I think that some people exactly. and myself, yeah. So the prison guard's taking a shower when I'm taking a shower? Well, you're doing something that's very rote that you, your body aut automatically knows how to do. It's that autopilot thing again, right? Except yeah. for the autopilot is being used to distract 
the part of your brain that is interested in details in the left, right, the process, you know, I never really thought about it that way because I always thought it was like the lizard part of the brain, (laughs) right? Like there's still that, that part in the back. I'm pointing by the way to the back of my head for everybody listening with a little green tail. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Where my prehensile green tail is. I love it. So, Uh, so yeah, so that's, that's a really good way of looking at it. So what was interesting is you chose a lot of, I, I would say, we're, we're listening to some older music, older R&B yeah, music in the first hour. And, but what you chose, I ask everybody what their favorite music is or what are you listening to right now? And you chose a lot of more recent stuff. Yeah. And one of the ones you chose, I don't know if you know this about Arcia, and we'll hear Chandelier here in a second, because it's, first of all, I didn't even, I, I didn't hear the song first, I watched the video first. And Incredible, I, right? It's so amazing. And isn't it neat that, you know, you can be so affected by a music video that you have to go out and like listen to the song. Exactly. I don't think that happens, but it doesn't happen much for me anymore. Not because anymore. I don't, I, I don't watch the videos anymore, but every once in a while, like there's a, um, there's a video by, uh, uh, Mike Snow and it's an old school James Bond villain sort of thing. Uh, and so they end up falling in love. James Bond, the James Bond character and the villain at the end. Nice. And I'm like, this is amazing. I love everything about this. So I had to go out and get the song. And now all I think about is that. But uh, with Sia doing some research, and this is just very high level Wikipedia oh, yeah. <laughs> research. She might be an awful person. I don't know. I don't think so. But Australian uh, went through a lot of adversity early in her life and early in her career and really was like a professional sort of backup singer, really didn't hit until the last couple of years. You could argue that she was, you know, bigger in England and bigger in Australia, her native Australia. But, you know, late 30s, early 40s, and now she's having huge success. Yeah. So she kept at it. And I'm just like, this is, from what I know about you, that's the perfect song for you. I, I love it. Yeah. I, I, and and guess what? She's She affects me emotionally. That's why I like what she does. Because I think that she... All of her songs are about being emotionally affected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, she, she gets under my skin pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's listen to that song, Bob. Thank you very much. You're listening to A Certain Degree on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. This is Sia with Chando. How do you pronounce it? Chandelier? Chandelier. Chandelier. It's a chandelier. Sia on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Man, I am... So delicious. It's such a good song, Chandelier, uh, and I'm so much readier for the day than I was <laughs> earlier. Now I'm going to bring it down by doing a pop quiz, but I guess people can play along. This could get people excited. Quizzes can be awesome. Yeah. Let's, let's do this. Okay, so you tell me after we're done okay. if this was an awesome quiz. Okay, I will. And if I, you I'm don't tell, tell me, it's too. awesome. I, I, I appreciate that. All right, we're going to start out... Uh, by the way, you're listening to a certain degree... My name is Nick. Bob Codges is here. Thank you, Bob, for being here. So awesome. And, uh, yeah, we do this from 7 to 9 every Monday. Well, I do, and always with a different special guest. But, you know, one of my favorite guests right now is is Bob. I I love that. You probably say that to all your guests. Uh, Not on the air. Oh, hey, take that down. Because now it's... (laughs) I'm just going to cut that out of the podcast. (laughs) Uh, So let's start out with an over-under question. Uh, Today's the anniversary of Apollo 11 returning to Earth. Mm-hmm. A bag that Neil Armstrong carried on the moon during that mission was sold at auction. Did it sell for more than $2 million or fewer than $2 million? Uh, fewer than $2 million. I believe it was $1.6 million. That is very close. It was one point eight, And they didn't want it sold at auction. NASA didn't want it. So it's been, uh, they've been trying to sell it for a while, but NASA was holding it up because they wanted to get it back. 
Uh, so yeah. basically what happened is uh, you ever watch those storage locker shows where they bid on it? <laughs> That's what happened. So somebody bought it for and a bunch of other stuff for $995 and sold it for $1.8 million. That is yeah. awesome. That's From what incredible. I understand, yeah, it's, it's a funny story because it was at a space museum and the uh, I guess somebody had it at their house, like they were taking stuff from the museum, and they were arrested for embezzling. And so that stuff was sold at auction, and wow. it just happened to be that they missed that one. All right, so you're one for one. Nice Bethany. job. Okay. Uh, Best Herbs Coffee LLC, a North Texas coffee importer, voluntarily recalled all its products. Why did the FDA recommend this course of action? A, the caffeine levels were dangerously high. B, one of the undisclosed ingredients is structurally similar to the active ingredient in Viagra. Or C, apparently they included just a touch of moon dust in their blends. <laughs> I'll go with the Viagra. That is correct, solution. yeah. That's, wait, uh, that's, the, that's, that's not coffee that will keep you up. Not necessarily what I want for my coffee. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to get going in the morning, but... That gives a whole new meaning to a stiff cup of coffee, right? No oh boy. All right. <laughs> Alphabet, the parent, so you're two for two. Nice job. Uh, and uh, obviously doing very well on the inappropriate jokes part of Thank the Thank you. I excel in that particular yeah. area. <laughs> Alphabet, the parent company of Google, is fighting mosquitoes in Fresno, California. How are they doing this? Uh, A, adding bug repellent sprayers to all of their mapping vehicles in the area. B, by releasing bacteria-laden mosquitoes that will infect and essentially sterilize all the mosquitoes out there. So, Releasing more mosquitoes. Wow. Or C, bringing back Google Glass, but this time making it glow really bright and zapping bugs with it. I'm going to say that they are arming their vehicles with the, the spray. The spray. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, they're actually releasing more mosquitoes, like 10 million mosquitoes out there. That, yeah, that seems very Michael Crichton to me. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Like I was the the question originally was going to be where did they come up with this idea? So I had two. I, I always want to get a third, right. but I didn't want a straw man. Uh, like Star Trek and the Borg, right? Like infecting one, and then it affects all of them. And I couldn't think of the Michael Crichton thing, you know, where they got sort of the inspiration for it. But, yeah. It's, it's like that movie, It Follows, right? But with mosquitoes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm not sure, but, yeah. Okay, two for three. Okay. What anniversary? There's a few anniversaries today, like the uh, Apollo 11 coming yeah, back. that was a good one. Uh, what anniversary would you say is the most important? In 1534, Jacques Cartier lands in Canada and claims it for France. In 1851, the window tax was abolished in Britain. Or 1965, Bob Dylan releases Like a Rolling Stone. Which is most important. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be highly, highly... Subjective? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so okay. there's no wrong answer uh, Bob, Bob Dylan, Rolling Stone. Okay, very good. That's, that's what I would go with on yeah. that one. And that's fine. So that is correct because that's uh, completely up to you. And you do a great impression, or Bob Dylan was just here. He just ran through, <laughs> did that lyric. Every up. song that he ever sings sounds like that. Yeah, it's like Andrew <laughs> Liberty. I think I sing. The window tax I thought was interesting, though, in Great Britain, because basically that's how from 16 something to 1851, that's how they taxed houses, was based on how many windows. That so, is interesting. Yeah, so in the in that time period, if you see houses from there, they just stopped build. They stopped no putting in windows, <laughs> or they brick them up. 
That's right? rather it's, clever it's, and horrible. It's Guess what? Horrifying. But it's you have to pay for horrifying. a few people. Sorry. <laughs> All right. One last question. This is Orlando based. An right. international developer is looking at uh, Orlando and seven other cities as potential sites for a new sports league. What kind of sport are they sporting about? Is it A, curling, <laughs> B, cricket, or C, old-fashioned duels? Oh, that's, I would like it to be C because I think that's kind of cool and fun. But I'm guessing uh, cricket. That is correct. You know, yeah. we, we have soccer now, which means that we're far more European than we thought we were. Uh, international, uh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, uh, yeah, international, yeah, I guess it's not just European, is it? Yeah, well, uh, you, you know, we know where your kind of uh, uh, loyalties lie. Exactly. Well, I think I always think of cricket <laughs> as being British. British yeah. Right. So, Absolutely. and Britain, well, they, <laughs> that's right. They were a part of Europe. We don't know in the future if they will. Oh, they'll be on their own, yeah. Brexit, They're going to be yeah. part of uh, Arctica or Antarctica. It really? Arctica? Is that a marriage made in heaven? I'm not sure if those are things. That's a, yeah, yeah. That's a cool thing like to have, though. Yeah. All right, very good. You four out of five. Hey, you know something? So how did how did that compare to, you know, previous guests? Uh, very good. Uh, so you are in the 90th percentile? Woo! Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's an A. I'm not really sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that sounded good to that. say. Yeah, 90th percentile. Perfect. Yeah. As long as it has a nine in it. Exactly. So how was how was the uh, the quiz? It was a fun. How did you feel about it? It was a fun it? quiz. I think that a subjective question. Um, kind of threw you. Well, you know what it was because I, I think I I feel like no matter what I said, you would have given me the point for that. Yeah. Uh, and so that was kind of a gimme. So I, it's almost like I got three out of five, and that's a little disappointing. Well, you got three out of four. You got to take the question out altogether. Uh, you know something? You mathed it better than I did. Yeah, so yeah. I appreciate that. The about prison you. guard is still or is distracted right now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought all you had was word <laughs> usement structures, but you have some mathing. I do. I have some mathing and some wording. So let's listen to a songing. Uh, this will be the Cold War Kids with Every Valley is Not a Lake, and we'll come back with Bob, Bob Codges. From uh, f uh, flight idea flights flights of ideas flight of ideas flight of ideas flights why not flights it could be flights but okay. that's not but I'm a singular guy so I'll okay flight of ideas flight. okay awesome. very good so we'll be back uh, we'll wrap things up and right now we're gonna hear it from the Cold War kids every valley is not a lake it is not on WPRK Winter Park Florida you're listening to a certain degree it's it's still fading. All right. Three, two, one. And we're back. Cold War Kids on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Every Valley is Not a Lake, which is completely accurate. We're doing selfies right now, too. Right, very yeah, good. Yeah, we are. Bob Codges is here, and uh, we're pretty much done. Bob, what do you want to talk about in terms of where can people go to learn more about you? Um, I'm going to put up some posts on uh, with your YouTube links, of course. Yeah, you can uh, you can show up at Sac Comedy Lab uh, on a weekly basis. You can find some interesting things about me there. You can go out to my website www.flightofideas.net, learn a little bit about me and my business, or you can uh, friend me up on Facebook and uh, and learn how I live because I live out loud there. Very good. And uh, from a teaching perspective, doing the classes out at SAC, you're, some classes are coming up, right? I think Yeah, starting... in just a couple of weeks, we're yeah. going to be starting our next semester at SAC University. And uh, if you've never tried uh, improv, we also have a free intro to improv class coming up. Uh, just usually it's the week before classes start, and you can get a taste of what this art form is and it'll rock your world. 
I think so. Even if you just do the free one, it's a lot of fun and it's a really good experience in terms of meeting other people and yeah, things like it's a that. great community too. I mean, my improv friends are some of my favorite people on the planet. These are good, open, creative, amazingly funny human beings. And you do level one for the most part, or you yeah, do multiple I, levels. I, I teach different levels, different times, but my love is level one. That's I just love introducing people to the art form because yeah. uh, it blows their minds and it opens their hearts and it changes the way they live. Uh, and that's a cool thing to be able to do for somebody. Does it make them, I think I was reading somewhere that it's, uh, y you, you become easier to date as well. So I think <laughs> I that was a thing that I, I don't somewhere. know that I would say that. I, so, I, yeah, yeah, I, I you're more think we dateable should. if you do improv. Yes. You're, yes. you're more agile during those dates verbally and mentally, but I don't know that you're more dateable. Oh, uh, what about other types of agility? Uh, yeah, you can get some physical agility, too, okay. doing some object work with us. That's yeah. good. And let's face it, improv is a world where if you don't like to be touched by other human beings, uh, you should probably avoid it because we touch each other a lot. Oh. Always appropriately, but we're, uh -huh. we're touchers. Uh-huh. That seems... <laughs> right. Well, if Chelsea Highland wasn't involved, then maybe I'd get into it. But yeah, that, that last part. Oh, hey, Chelsea's here. Hey, Chelsea. You don't want to touch me, Nick. <laughs> Um, okay, so obviously uh, Jellies and Jams is coming up, and yeah. we'll be talking about the 90s and playing 90s oh, music. stay tuned. I just heard what the show is going to be about. It sounds fantastic, so yeah. I'll be listening. Okay, do you guys want to give us a, a preview uh, at all? What are you going to cut coming up? DJ Jellies and DJ Jams? Uh, no, this is DJ MJ here, and this is DJ Diggles, and we're about to host Jellies and Jams, and today's episode's all about love. All about it. Oh, who doesn't love? Romantic episode yet? Oh, out of the three episodes that you've done? Hey, no, uh, we, we have like summer two thousand fourteen, fifteen. So shower up and put on your clean undies because it's going to be romantic. All right, so let me go ahead and play an appropriate song for that. Then this is Lyle Love It with "I Love Everybody" on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to a certain degree, and that's the show. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. If you'd like to meet Bob, make some plans to visit SAC Comedy Lab or look into classes there. You can also check out flightofideas.net and see some of the work he's done and who with. See who Nick has worked with by visiting toacertaindegree.com. That's T-O-A, certaindegree.com. Well, work is a pretty strong word. See who Nick has mentally flailed about for while getting paid? This seems more appropriate. Wait, I'm on that site. I haven't gotten paid. Where's my paycheck?